Welcome to Bond at a Price podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Hannah, a functional nutritionist, but most of all, my love is God's word and combining nutrition and health with the word of God. I'm so excited to be here talking about how health and wellness relates to our lives as Christians. This podcast and our blog takes you on a redemptive journey towards understanding the way that God views your body lifestyle, and role in His kingdom. Jesus redeemed us from life enslaved to sin. He freed us to live out new lives as women of God. Today we're going to be opening the book of Zechariah and looking at our value and worth. Abraham Lincoln said, It's difficult to make a man miserable while he feels worthy of himself and claims kindred to the great God who made him. And an unknown author said, If you put a small value on yourself, rest assured that the world will not raise your price. These quotes caused me to pause. Do I feel worthy? Do I claim to be related to God and part of His family? What value do I put on myself? If you're like most women, you've likely struggled with or are struggling with similar questions. So today we're going to study Zechariah and how God used him to help Israel rebuild something of great value and worth. Israel had been going through another disobedient season that had left the temple in ruins. A prophet, Zechariah, had been given the responsibility of motivating a small group of Jews as they went about restoring the temple and their nation. His message was part disciplinarian, part cheerleader, and part visionary. We're going to unpack each of those parts of Zachariah's message, the disciplinarian, cheerleader, and visionary, and how they relate to our value and worth as women of God. In the first chapter of Zechariah, the word of the Lord, or Holy Spirit, came with some instructions for God's people Zechariah 1, 2, and 3 says, The Lord was very angry with your forefathers. Therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. If you're even a little familiar with Israel, you know they struggled to remain faithful to God. The value and worth that Israel placed on other nations, things, beliefs, and ways of life had gotten them into more than one pickle by the time Zechariah was sent to re-instruct God's people. God's message to Zechariah used Israel's past mistakes as loving discipline that reminded this small remnant about what they needed to do and not do. When's the last time you got sidetracked by things, beliefs, and or worldly ways of life? What was so alluring or promising about those things? If there's one thing Israel was usually pretty good at doing, we see that in Zechariah 1, 6b. Then they repented and said, The Lord Almighty has done to us what our ways and practices deserve, just as he determined to do. The first six verses of Zechariah are a disciplinary reminder of what past generations had done. God used this history lesson so the listeners, the Israel remnant, and us would learn. 
we should look back at our family and see how their lives were impacted by God. But our lives should be focused on only one thing, remaining repentantly faithful to the Lord Almighty. That's what Israel did. They repented. They were usually really good at doing that when they got themselves in those pickles and realized that they'd run off from God. Is there something from past generations that you expect will happen to you? What is it, and why do you expect it? Based on your knowledge of God and His Word, how does this thing line up with God's promises, expectations, commandments, or truths? Would you take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you've not been clinging to God, or if there's anything He wants you to turn away from? Make a note of that and what He shows you. I'm so thankful that we have our ancestors and Israel's journey with God to learn from. But just because something happened to our parents or grandparents doesn't mean it'll happen to us. Our value and worth isn't dependent on their successes and failures. We have to be responsible to remain repentantly faithful to the Lord Almighty. So Zechariah the cheerleader So much of Zechariah is full of encouraging cheerleader material. It was hard for me not to want to read the entire book. Here's the passage God ministered to me with. It says in Zechariah 4, verses 2, 3, and 6, I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the lights. And there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And so he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Why would Zechariah be given a vision with a lampstand and olive trees, and how in the world does it connect with the Lord's reply about his spirit? Let me explain. In the original temple, beautiful lamps were uh, fueled by pure olive oil, and those olive trees in this passage signify an unending supply of oil filling the bowls next to the lampstand. Those bowls, depending on the commentary that you read, can signify the Holy Spirit or Jesus' endless supply of life-giving light. The same encouragement that Zechariah had for the Israelites still holds true for us today. God is the source of all power. He is the provider of all things. And when we stay connected to him, we'll never run out. I debated clarifying run out, but decided against it because your need will be different from mine and will be different today than it'll be tomorrow. We can still never run out. How? By realizing it's not our, our power or might, it's the Spirit that provides our every need. This is what the Israel and I needed to be reminded of. God doesn't need our help. Sometimes He chooses to use us. Sometimes He uses other people. All the time, He does what's best for us and those around us. Is there an area of your life that seems to have run out? Anything you don't know how to fix, solve, provide for, etc.? Oh, Lord God, would you show every listener your provision for their circumstances? Would you clearly show them what you want them to do or not to do? 
And may, Father God, your working in this situation show them the depth of your love, your grace, your mercy, and provision. And above all, may it be for your glory, Father God. Amen. The best part of Zechariah's role in Israel's discipline, repentance, and cheerleading, his encouragement to the Jews rebuilding the temple and their nation was also a foretelling of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. But before I get there, I want you to realize that that life-giving light that comes from the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, that constant filling of oil and provision that we have, that's part of our value and worth. God would not pour life-giving light and life and oil into something that didn't have value and something that wasn't of utmost worth. You, daughter of the Most High God, are valued and worthy beyond belief, so much so that God has put His Spirit in you and promises to provide for you everything you need for this thing called life. All right, that foretelling of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Part of me wonders how much Zechariah understood about what the Holy Spirit showed him. Part of me doesn't even care. At the very least, he understood the vision of a rebuilt and restored temple in Jerusalem. Having a vision for that was huge, considering all Israel had gone through. Zechariah 12, 5, part B says, The people of Jerusalem are strong because the Lord Almighty is their God. Israel needed to know God would continue to fight their battles. The people needed to know God would provide all they needed as they rebuilt the temple in Jerusalem. Zechariah 14.9 says, The Lord will be king over the whole earth. On that day there will be one Lord and his name the only name. But Jerusalem will be raised up and remain in its place. It will be inhabited. Never again will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be secure. This wasn't just for the Jews involved in the rebuilding. It was a vision for the Messiah who'd soon come and fulfill every last prophecy and vision Zechariah was given. Is there something you need a vision for? Something you need to glimpse the finished work in? Maybe it connects to your value and worth and how you feel about yourself in a certain area of your life. Jesus is the promised Messiah and great deliverer of Israel and all God's children. We can look at these few verses from Zechariah and see a God who'd do anything for his people, a God who provides for our every need, a God who fights our battles, a God who cheers us on when the going gets tough, a God who made us his temple, the Spirit's dwelling place, a God who keeps his promises a God who will soon bring about a new heaven and earth when Jesus returns, and also a God who is the foundation and determiner of your value and worth. It rests in all of who God is and what our Messiah, Jesus Christ, did. Write down, think about something that God's done for you in the past. 
and also write down or think about some things that he's done for people you know. Do you trust that this same God will provide for your current need? Why or why not? Do you feel that you are valuable enough and worthy enough to have God meet that need? Here's how God used these verses in my life. I've been a doer my entire life, and you've maybe heard me say that my first words, according to my mom, were, Hannah do. I didn't realize, though, that this had anything to do with how I valued myself until just the other day. I was getting ready for a meeting to discuss raising funds for a new service dog, and I found myself thinking of how I could volunteer my time or resources in exchange for any money people donated. Not that doing that is wrong, though. Not too far into my thought process, the Holy Spirit jumped in and in the tender, loving way of God said, Daughter, you are worthy. Hearing that made me do a double take and a bit of questioning. I'm known to analyze things. My reply was, well, what do you mean? My worth has nothing to do with what I'm thinking and planning. I know I'm worthy. And the Holy Spirit said again, daughter, you are worthy. It wasn't till I was sitting in that meeting that I understood what he'd meant. If God wants to provide money for my next service dog, he'll do it. He doesn't need my help just like he is that continual supply of oil. Last I checked, he's also got the biggest bank account around. And sometimes he wants us to do things, and sometimes he doesn't. What I had to realize is, I can't work or volunteer myself into being worthy of God's provision. Sometimes God wants to be a limitless supply of oil in our lives. Sometimes he wants to put all the pieces together without our help. Sometimes he wants our help and wants his supply of oil to flow through us. It's always different, and we've got to accept and expect that. I needed to realize that my value and worth are grounded in who I am, God's child. That's the same place that your value and worth are grounded. And that's also what Abraham Lincoln was saying. When I realize this, in all areas of my life, I'll put such a high value on myself that I won't need to concern myself with what the world thinks. Not an arrogant high value, but a confidently secure high value, a value grounded in the spirit work in my life, the promises of God and what Jesus did for me on the cross. I'm sitting here and wishing words could convey the emotions, the way that my heart feels them for you right now. I'd love to wave a magic wand or sprinkle fairy dust and suddenly have you valuing yourself the way that God does. Suddenly have you recognizing that every need and struggle you're going through has been provided for. Know that your value and worth aren't defined by your circumstances. You are a child of the Most High God, the God who rescued Israel from the Egyptians, led them to the Promised Land, and delivered them from every mess-up they got themselves into. He defines your value and worth. You have the bowl of limitless oil, the Holy Spirit lighting your life lamp. Humbly place God's value on your life. Humbly see yourself as worthy of any and everything God has for you. And lastly, 
Humbly rely, not on your own power or might, but on the Spirit of the Almighty God. So, do you feel worthy? Do you claim to be related to God and part of His family? What value do you now put on yourself? You are a princess, part of God's royal family. You are valued. You are loved. You are chosen. God bless.